Hi, beautiful people, and welcome to the Mojo Mecca podcast, a hub for the exploration of ritual, poetry, plants, and purpose. We are here for the deepening of our relationship to the earth, for the love of living in a sustainable way, for the creation of a global network of minxes seeking more mojo, for vulnerability, for thriving, and for joy. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. Now let's dive into today's conversation. In this episode, I'm chatting to the beautiful Emika of Loco Love Chocolate. She herself is a naturopath, a herbalist, an eating psychology coach, a model, and as of 2013, a chocolatier. We speak about her journey through dark periods of depression and disordered eating and body image to really healing and moving beyond that into her life now, which is focused mainly on growing her incredible business, Loco Love. Loco Love is a raw, organic, sugar-free, delicious collection of chocolates that are such a work of art, and her intention behind them is also just as beautiful. It's to really help people remember to choose love for themselves and for others. She shares some amazing tips on business, on creativity and of self-love and so much more. So dive in and enjoy. And I guess I've always had like a strong desire to help people and to spread love and to, you know, uplift the world. You know, I, before I started this, I wanted to like save the world and kind of realized I couldn't do that single-handedly, but always was so frustrated why, how easy it would be if everyone just got together and made the change. Like, like- it would be so easy if everyone in the planet just was like, okay, I'm not going to use this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. Like, yeah, it would, it would, obviously it would be absolute chaos, but it would transform pretty quickly. But everyone's so stuck in the like day-to-day kind of routines and everyone's afraid that they don't have enough and they need, yeah, I don't know. Just Did you feel yeah. this from like a young age? Do you feel like you yeah. had kind of aware? Yeah, one more yeah from five years old I remember like going around you know when I was 14 or something giving out flowers to people you know like saying you know a smile is the cheapest gift you can give and like all this weird philosophical stuff for a child I don't know where it came from but I always wanted to like you know make people happy and I could I guess I could really feel the suffering in the world and didn't um yeah didn't like it like I liked like I yeah, didn't want others to suffer. So I was always, and I didn't want to suffer myself. But um, yeah, I don't know why I was carrying that around as a child, but I was. Mm. How did it, like, when you got into, like, your adult life, like, did you have periods where you kind of, um, I guess, like, forgot that a bit? Or was it always, like, a constant? I totally forgot that. Like I, I got so dark in my early twenties. I was really into like black metal and punk music and really against any kind of authority. And I guess I got really dark and quite depressed, like really hated myself and the world. Like I just couldn't understand the way things worked and how everyone was so greedy and how the world revolved around money and, um, you know, anyone that was trying to be, do good seemed to just be squashed. Like I just was, and I was really into like conspiracy theories and 
the Illuminati and, you know, fluoride in the water and chemtrails. And like, I was completely obsessed with that stuff in like my early twenties, which I'm not, I don't really buy into that so much anymore. I've got a really different take on it. But when I first started getting into it, it really kind of consumed me and made me really like hate my life because I didn't, I wasn't grateful at all for what I was, um, you know, being given. And I guess re- I reached like a really dark point in my life. And from there, I kind of had some pretty powerful realizations that, you know, it was up to me to kind of shift my reality. And if I was the only person that was going to make myself happy and yeah, I, I had to, like, I couldn't just give up because, you know, suicide wasn't really an option. It was definitely something that played on my mind a lot, but I, yeah, I was kind of the one in charge of my own happiness and had to make the changes. And it was really hard to realize that, but it was good because yeah, it made me more grateful for my life. And I started, I broke up with a bad relationship that I was in, which I think was kind of consuming me a little and um, can't blame anyone else, but I'd become, yeah, really judgmental on everything and not really myself. And then slowly, slowly the layers came back and I felt more myself and, you know, my light started coming back. But yeah, the weirdest thing is I felt like no one really knew how dark and depressed that I was. Like, yeah, it was a hard time. Mm. how did that realization come like it just came I was writing a lot um a lot of poetry just about like I don't know just something within myself that I couldn't quite grasp I knew it was still there I knew I still had that soul that I'd always had but I couldn't access it and then it it just kind of happened pretty instantly actually it's kind of weird like I was just it's happened a few times. Like I'm just been walking along and then I just like, I don't know. I can't explain it exactly, but I just feel differently. Like I felt really connected to things and like, I just started to like feel the happiness come back and obviously looking gratitude was a big part of it. Like just, and just like meditation, I guess. And I don't know, it's a big question because it happened over a few years yeah and yeah yeah, it wasn't like one thing but I think like reaching a really bad place and just like really realizing like holy shit okay I've got to change this like I have to no matter what I've got to like I can't there's no way out so I've got to I've got to get through this basically it's hard it was like it's really hard it was not an easy thing like I was just like okay I feel great now it was more like okay I've got to face this shit and deal with it now or else I'm going to live like this forever and yeah it's not going to be good Mm -hmm. I feel like most people go through this in their early 20s like I've definitely been through this in the last years it's like just kind of like figuring out how you want to show up in the world or like if you want to show up in the world at all. And I think also, yeah, it's also so many people go through that process of uh, like, it's easy to get really down about the state of the world because it's Mm -hmm. fucked. There's so much going on that you can just like, it's unbelievable really to like even fathom like 
the monstrosities that are going on. And you can be dragged down by that. I feel like it's more of an effort to like see the beauty and like being gratitude. Yeah. It's totally more of an effort to be grateful and to see the beauty and to inspire others because it's so easy to, you know, complain and be miserable and not make an effort because you don't actually have to do anything. Like you don't have to step outside your comfort zone. It's just, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) So as you you mentioned like meditation, are you, I know that you were practicing transcendental do you is that still a practice for you um not so much i practiced i guess for from 2013 i think or 2012 till last year and now i try and do it i guess at the moment because i've been working so much and focusing on the business so much i've kind of let a lot of my practices go like i do try and meditate a few times a week but you know, it's just in the morning with Jesse and we just, I still do TM, I guess. Like I still have a mantra based meditation or we do some kind of guided meditation or just focusing on the breath. But um, yeah, I've, I've really let a lot of practices that I used to have like journaling and meditation and, um, you know, flute and breathing exercises and even exercise. A lot of those have really been pushed aside so I can focus on the business, which hasn't been the best for my well-being. <laughs> so I'm trying to get back into those practices, but I also haven't felt like I needed them. Like I felt like I've needed, needed to give, you know, things more of a push instead of focusing so much on the self-care and all that. But right now I've really realized that I really need to get back to those kind of practices so I can access that parasympathetic nervous system, like creative flow that I used to have so easily like I think I took it for granted almost and yeah when you don't do these kind of practices you realize what they're actually doing for you more so than when you get them mm-hmm. definitely yeah <laughs> it's like we need to like forget oh yeah forget to remember again or exactly yeah or even approach it in a different way. You know, there's so many different kind of practices, spiritual practices. I guess I got a little bit disenchanted with the whole um, new age kind of movement. Like I love it and I, I'm really into it, but there's just so many things in it that I feel are there for the wrong reasons. It's become a little bit of a business and like, a, like you know, a massive global industry. So there's a lot of people trying to take advantage of weak people and people that are really searching and yeah I got I got a bit like oh I'm just gonna you know I don't need that kind of practice to feel like me but yeah yeah Yeah, I definitely feel the same it's very easy to (laughs) see all of that and be like oh no like especially I think like we've been in communities that it's like very I don't know that's just the thing but you have to be very discerning of even when there's like an someone's presenting an image of something like to be discerning about what's actually going on there because I feel like a lot of the like spiritual scene can be yeah just another mask really for yeah um, and I don't want to do it badly because obviously 
you know, I don't want to be down on it because I think it's a really great thing. I just don't like it when people exploit it. And I feel it's been really badly exploited. And yeah, I don't want to be part of anyone trying to exploit another person. It's not really something I believe in. I'd love to talk more about Loco Love and Mm -hmm. how that started for you. Uh, Because I know it was quite a untraditional way of starting a business. Like it wasn't as planned and structured as other people kind of go into business. Uh, So I'd love for you to share a bit of that story and um, yeah, the journey of it. Okay. Um, Well, I was working as a naturopath um, in a dispensary in a very busy clinic in Sydney. And one of the um, suppliers used to come in and chat with me and was like, oh, you don't belong here. Like you should be doing something else. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really that happy doing this. Like I do like it, but I, yeah, I'm definitely looking for something else and also to not be working so much. So he was like, oh, you should come and, you know, work for me. I'll, you know, help you, you know, you can write this book for me and do all these other things. Cause I was really into writing and recipes and all sorts of stuff like that. And so he bought me like a food processor and all the ingredients to make like a product also, also to experiment for the book that I was going to write for his business. And I just came up with um, the coconut one, the coconut, the, it's had a few names. It used to be called the bounty, but now it's coconut and cashew with vanilla. Um, And so I just started he it was also kind of like a distribution company so I was kind of doing a bit of sales so I I went around to a few shops and was selling some other organic products not really selling but kind of taking orders and then I just I put that in a few shops and then it kind of it just became really popular and then kind of went from there and at that point it didn't have a name or any branding or anything it was just kind of like a chocolate coated coconut thing that was pretty original in its time can't it's hard to imagine that now since it's kind of everywhere but um yeah and then as I was doing that the intentions came through and the name and also working with the cacao a lot it started really kind of transforming my perspective on things and yeah opening my heart I know that sounds a bit woo woo I was also probably listening to way too much Alan Watts sitting at home like (laughs) making this chocolates and like you know eating way too much cacao and just getting really high on life and loving like really feeling grateful to be able to use my hands and create something and put it out there and um yeah and then so that product then I introduced another product and that went you know crazy and people were contacting me and um everyone was raving about how great it was I didn't you know know if it was good or not but I guess I'd tried a lot of different like health food snacks because before I was a naturopath I was a model and I was always you know watching my weight and looking for the the best kind of treat that was you know the healthiest so I'd tried pretty much you know every healthy treat on the planet it felt like so I kind of had an idea of what I wanted it to taste like but um yeah and then I guess the the caramel one, then it went to the hazelnut one, then the mint one. And then, you know, by then I'd had a name and a message and I'd really realized the reason why I was doing it was to, you know, to spread more love and through the cacao, you know, it had an energy that would 
open people up um, to, you know, the good vibes to open their hearts slightly. People always ask me what that actually means. It's like a, what is it, vasodilator? Is that the word? Yeah, it's a vasodilator, but it's also got, you know, the PEAs and the anandamides in it, which, um, you know, are the the chemicals you release when you fall in love. So it, it does actually change your vibration and your chemistry when you eat it. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, the world needs that. And as a medicine food, cacao is pretty powerful. I guess that's why people love it so much. But um, yeah, and then with the brand, I, and as a naturopath, I always wanted to empower women, women and, you know, especially young women because I'd, you know, been a fashion model, had an eating disorder, went through those dark phases, never thought that I was ever going to get through it. And then finally did and then went on to, you know, do something with local love. So, yeah, through the brand, I've always, yeah, empowering people and shifting things to a better world has been definitely a huge part of, you know, local love and everything I've ever wanted to do. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've seen you share a bit about... Um like I guess kind of the guilt-free aspect of your um, chocolates too. And I know that, yeah, like we've spoken about it before about body image and like it's just so huge, especially for young women. And um, I don't really know any woman who doesn't have some weird thing with their body or like guilt and shame around food (laughs) in some regard. So I think, yeah, that's such an important message that like you really bring through. have you had like, I don't know, feedback or response from women who have like really like the, the brand of the chocolates have. Yeah. So yeah, a lot. Um, girl wrote to me like a couple of days ago, just saying how she had like severe anorexia and loco love, you know, she was terrified of fat. She couldn't eat anything. You know, she would never, she hadn't eaten chocolate in years. And then she found loco love and, you know, she can, she eats that and now she's finding pleasure in food again and her family's really proud of her, it's, you know, eating local love and she reckons it's, it healed her in a way of her anorexia. Like it's a big claim, but she, I didn't, these aren't my words. Like she wrote to me to tell me this, which was pretty cool to hear that. And other people I definitely think have had those experiences, but I guess Oh, I'm not sure where I was going with that then. But yeah, that that's definitely one instance where it's happened. So yeah, one is good. <laughs> yeah, well, even that's like one that's been spoken out. But I guess, yeah, many other people will probably have that experience. And Oh, so many people write to me like with littler stories, but not so specific. Like definitely like, oh, I love eating chocolate. You know, it, it makes me feel really good. And it's like a, you know meditation through food and all different stuff but this was like really specific of what I guess I'd been through you know I didn't have anorexia so much but I definitely had an eating disorder and yeah food I feel like a lot of people with eating disorders actually have like this weird kind of magic relationship with food whereas they're they're really good at preparing it actually and like sharing it and I don't know it's hard to explain what I mean exactly but because it's been like a, such an obsession in the past in the past they like know all about it I feel like that's me too 
Yeah, a lot of young women are like that. Well, not a lot, but like many. And yeah, yeah I don't know. Really positives to it in that way. I feel like like having anorexia and like bad body image like through my teens uh, like really allowed me to like open up to learning more about health and, you know, like really mm. up so many like doors for me and wanting to know how to best fuel myself and um, totally. prepare food and like, you know, do a lot of, lot more research. But then there's like the fine line too of like, cause you have those obsessive tendencies. I don't know. I've been through so, so many things like raw veganism, like so many, you know, I can easily get like, carry that <laughs> obsessive thing into like yeah. something that has the like image of being uh, like health thing. And I think that's not, a lot of really. veganism and stuff like that in general. It can kind of, for people who have had like eating disorders, it can often just kind of be another obsession. So yeah. 100%. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. And for me, that was the case. I went from, you know, being a fashion model, you know, not weighing much to, I don't know, becoming obsessed with health. Like I wasn't healthy when I was modeling. I was, you know, eating sugar and all sorts of things. But then I started studying naturopathy. Also, I wanted to help people, but I also wanted to heal my own eating disorder. So I needed to learn how to feed myself and all these things. And to be honest, the whole degree, I wasn't really better. I was still struggling with it. And um, yeah, I just, I became yeah obsessed with food. So I wouldn't eat all sorts of, you know, carbohydrates or I wouldn't eat carrots because they had too much sugar in them. Like I just became obsessive and I feel like that's still pretty rife within industry, even with the ketogenic diet and all these diets, like they're just pretty insane to be honest. And I don't really agree with any of them, but it wasn't until like to tr when I truly like healed myself, it actually Loco Love kind of really helped with that because it gave me an outlet and it kind of, in some weird way, it was like my contribution to the collective. So I felt more worthy and it gave me a purpose. And I think having a purpose and, you know, something to apply all your creative energy to takes you away from being so obsessed with yourself and your appearance and your weight. So you've got you know, the, the energy is just being directed into something else that's beyond you. So it, everything's, it's not all about you anymore. And you realize, you know, through serving other people and, um, you know, creating things. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying it quite right, but it was a really healing um, time for me. And I can honestly say now, and for the last few years that I, I love myself and my body and I have no qualms with kind of eating you know I, I follow like a pretty you know clean organic diet but I kind of eat whatever I want and the weirdest thing is years of beating myself up about kind of eating the wrong things or blah blah like putting all these restrictions and rules around myself I was so miserable and now I eat whatever I want but my weight hasn't changed I can give more to other people and to the world because I'm not so consumed with something so trivial, even though I know a lot of people don't think it's trivial, but in the big scheme of things, it kind of is because, you know, life's passing you by and you know, it's important to be grateful 
for that. But yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important um, to redirect that energy, not into yourself. Cause yeah, it's, it's like full self-obsession. And we're all yeah. that obviously our life result revolves around ourselves. We're always trying mm -hmm. to like, yeah, be the best that we can hopefully if we're on that path. But yeah, it's, I think it's, I totally hear you there with um, having a purpose beyond yourself and like redirecting that energy outward. So it's not just like, yeah, yeah. In like an obsessive spiral. And then yeah, I feel like yeah. totally, it's been the same case for me too. Just like chilling out a lot more has just, yeah, you just have so much more energy to redirect in other places instead of like it consuming your every thought. Um, yeah. It, I guess for me, it's hard to actually put myself back in that headspace. Like I've really let go of that side of myself and I, I can't even access it anymore. Like it's like, I understand it and it was, it was me, but now it's not anymore. And yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, it shows that, yeah, you've healed. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Finally. I really didn't think it was going to happen, but like it did. So for anyone suffering out there, definitely there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. What advice would you give for people who are like just starting to maybe, yeah, I don't know, come out of those spirals, like knowing that they need to shift. Oh. I'm sure entirely. Everyone is different and it's everyone's personal journey, but yeah, just, and it's so easy to say, stop being so hard on yourself. You know, you're amazing. Like all these things to people. But when you're in that space, you can't hear that. Like you don't, I don't know, you don't listen to that kind of thing. Like I knew people were always giving me compliments and stuff, but I never heard them and I didn't care what they said because I was suffering. But I feel like really being grateful, like just trying to switch that perspective about I don't know, just like even being in nature, looking at flowers, like I feel like flowers for some reason really helped me just because they were so beautiful and they just made me start seeing the magic again. Like, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm speaking more about depression, but I guess they kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, all the, all the stuff people say, I guess, you know, all the tips are kind of, irrelevant really like you know eating three meals a day and eating more protein and all the things I don't know if they actually work because they didn't for me and I really tried but maybe in some weird way they were kind of healing me very slowly but I think also being really present with food when you're um you know when you're eating it don't eat alone you know try and eat with other people if you can um yeah I don't know I'm not I'm I guess I'm I suffered more from depression so yeah but yeah they do go hand in hand for sure I mean it's just like yeah. attached to food stuff like yeah dragging yourself down about food but then it's like generally dragging yourself down <laughs> too yeah it's hard to say like what actually I think just really taking like you've got to be a bit stronger I think and that sounds really harsh and horrible and yeah, it's hard. I don't know how to say it exactly in a nice way. I think it's maybe deciding, like I think it's a decision 
I don't know. For me, it's like a decision on like how, how I do want to live my life or something. Yeah. Like but that's also taking responsibility. Yeah, exactly. So I think it definitely starts there. And then from there, you know, you're going to slip up. You're going to, you know, fall back and, you know, have the same feelings. And it's just a process. But I really feel like creative projects and, I don't know, not, not isolating yourself as well. So talking about it, you know, so there's not such a taboo around it. You know, like I was so, I was suffering so much alone. I never told anyone really how I was feeling. So I was just pretending all the time that I was okay, but I wasn't. And I pushed everyone away. And then, yeah, I think speaking about it to someone you feel or someone who's going through a similar thing so you can kind of like not feel so alone. It's the loneliness is really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it also, I guess, loses more of its power when you actually do communicate exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not like really spiraling does. in this like, and growing inside your brain. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I guess nowadays I'm more focused on business. Like I guess a lot of this, um, yeah, a lot of this stuff I feel like is in the past now and I've kind of, I'm just focusing on <laughs> how to grow local love and how to do more creative projects and how to like, yeah, create art. I'd lo- I really love to create some sort of art that heals ideally, which I like, guess local love is in a way, but yeah, I don't know. Mm. How, yeah, I'd love to know some of the, I guess the main things that you've learned through business because yeah like we said before you hadn't really planned for loco love to be what it is now and it's just kind of you know taking on new forms and you're learning new things every year with it and like growing with it um yeah what have been some of the main things that you've learned or i guess maybe had to learn (laughs) yes so much i guess i had no skills when it came to business i was always either you know, modeling or fashion designing or naturopath, but um, I've had to learn pretty much everything. <laughs> um, what makes a business sustainable and, you know, pricing and how to, what marketing is. And, you know, I don't know. I think I still don't really know a lot, but I'm enjoying the process and there's so much to business. Like I, right now I'm trying to learn how to be a better leader to, you know, be more patient with people and, um, you know, it's just, there's so much to business. I don't even know where to start. Well, I'm curious about um, like your process of getting it out to so many different stores. Mm. That's a bit of a, like, I don't really have any, yeah, knowledge on that. So I'm just curious how one goes about getting their product out to so many different stores. Are you doing that, making that connection yourself? Do you mean like sales or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess with Loco Love, we are only learning to kind of, we're realizing how important sales are pretty much sales are business, which is what I have realized. What what we focused on more was to make like the best possible product. So stores would come to us and for the last, you know, five years, that's always kind of been the case. We haven't you know, being on the road, kind of pushing the product onto people because personally I struggle with that kind of 
um, interaction and I would rather if they really love the product and want the product to come to us, I guess social media has been amazing for putting the brand out there and, and also word, word of mouth. So like people that have had the product before spreading that, I feel like they're pretty powerful ways. And also um, we've been focusing more on building a brand, like rather than sales, because when you, when you build a brand, you don't have to focus so much, like you do have to focus on sales, but the sales kind of come to you. Just focus on like a message and a mission and a, a, like an amazing product. People do find you somehow rather than showing up, trying to sell the same product that you've just, you know, ordered off online on China and you're trying to sell something that's already out there and nobody really wants. Mm-hmm. But we've definitely been talking to distributors. So there's like distributor channels where, you know, you give your product to another person, they take a margin of the, of the sale. And then, you know, they go and sell it to all the stores where we've been exploring that option, though we're not sure whether that is the best option for every business. It's definitely working for a lot of businesses, but um, yeah, there's different ways to sell and marketing is through social media is pretty powerful. So yeah, if you've got a small business and you want to get it out there, giving it to influencers and um, doing Instagram ads and stuff, we, we don't do that yet, but we're going to start doing that because I've learned recently that that's a very good way to get business out there and doing you know, stuff like this. And yeah, I guess it's harder when you're starting something out, but also aligning with the right businesses in the beginning, I think definitely helped us. So we, we started with some businesses that were really you know, of a similar um, type to ours, different business, but like a similar vibe. Mm -hmm. And that gave us an instant audience. And then, yeah, it's, it's not that, it's pretty simple really. And other business advice I've been given is just to go to pretty much every shop and just sell the product, show them your product, tell them why it's great. And hopefully they'll buy it, but I haven't done that yet. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And what about, I'd love to hear about evolution of your, um, I guess, like s- style, like the, the packaging and everything, because it's so beautiful. And that's yeah. in the last, uh, when did you change, like, I guess, rebrand a little in the way that you were packaging them? Um, well, the thing with that was I, I hadn't found a graphic designer that kind of got my vision and was had a similar style to what I did and, you know, worked really well with the style I wanted. So I guess we were, we were working on that packaging for a long time, but then my designer got pregnant and had a baby and um, yeah, everything got put on hold for a while, which was hard, but in the process we were making the product better and, you know, really learning about chocolate making, which was really important actually. So it all kind of happened in divine timing though. Yeah for that like with the style of loco love like obviously i wanted to put in all the positive messages and stuff because they're really you know they mean a lot to me and i feel like you know it's words are powerful you know they have they have a, a vibration and energy and they that they're, they're the start of something manifesting so people even reading those little things like choose love and stuff i think it just puts it in their subconscious and then you know that creates more of that on some sort of level 
-hmm. but um yeah for me i my designer lani she's just amazing and i don't know what i'd do without her to be honest she i'm scared you know if she ever stops working then yeah it'll be pretty bad for us <laughs> so how did you come to yeah what was like the vision for um the design and like the I, yeah i love the um boxes too um i don't know i guess i just I don't know where that came from. I didn't really draw any inspiration from any other brands or anything. It was just kind of, yeah, I wanted it to be colourful because I feel like everything's so black and white these days and just really beautiful and to people to really cherish it. And, you know, the, to, we use all the little esoteric kind of symbols because also symbols hold hold an energy and a, and a vibration and power. So, yeah, it's kind of an ancient thing so like sacred geometry and that kind of thing but the design so much I don't know I don't know where it came from it just kind of that's just how it came out it went through a lot of different stages and tweaking and fixing it up and then well you know what actually the funniest thing is the original design that we have I mean the design we have now was the first um design that Lani ever designed like I gave her you know my I wanted it to be like mysterious, but then kind of luxurious and, you know, kind of like everything I do is a little bit paradoxical because I want that's, yeah, I don't know how to explain that, but I myself am a little bit of a contradiction where I don't really make sense. Like I can, I like Gucci, but then I love gardening and stuff. Like I, I like the fine things in life and the dirty things in life and yeah, I guess I'm trying to get that across in the brand. I don't know if it comes across in the brand, does it? I feel it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's kind of balance in a way. Mm -hmm. And so what do you see as being, I guess, like do you think about your, I don't know, five-year vision or like do you think that much into the future or are you just kind of rolling with it? Because obviously, yeah, you were in Sydney and now you've moved back up to Byron and yeah. the, um, proper workshop, what, what yeah. do you call it? studio factory. workshop? Factory. factory. Chocolate yeah. factory. Yeah. I'd love to hear how that came about too, actually, because you were, oh. you were just creating out of your home right before then, or, oh no, you had, in Sydney, you had another little factory too. Yeah. yeah. I had another factory I was sharing with another business. Um, which I'm very grateful to them for letting me kind of share there and grow local, like start to slowly grow local love. But the thing was um, I couldn't actually see myself in Sydney long-term personally. And for the business, I couldn't grow the business until it had like a, a good base. That's the thing with business. Like I think for years I just tried to make it work wherever it was but you can't build anything until you've got like a really amazing base and foundation. So since moving into this factory in Byron and also working with um, my fiance, Jesse, he came on board about a year ago. And so he's taken off a lot of the workload for me. So he's been making the chocolates more and, you know, I've been making the chocolates too, but it's also allowed me to focus more on, you know, the branding and the marketing and the packaging and the, all that stuff replying to emails and, 
yeah, definitely having the factory has helped us a lot with our growth, like so, so much. I didn't realize how important it was to have like a base. I know it sounds really basic, but yeah. And for the future, well, up until this point, I've kind of been taking it day by day. I've always had a vision of Loco Love, you know, being a global business and definitely aligning with other um, like-minded stores and vendors all over the world. We probably, it's not really a mass market kind of product because it is so handmade and, you know, organic and not everyone's going to love it. But the people that do are kind of, you know, they really love it and they really support it, which is, which is great. Um, we, we do want to still go to the U S and somehow open. Yeah. Loco love there. I don't really want to so much do retail stores. I think what I really, really do want to grow is, um, more of a platform. So more of a platform for Loco love to share, um, wisdom and, um, kind of, yeah, not personal development, but kind of like authentic kind of inspiring stories and creative projects and poetry and like all that kind of stuff. Like I really would like to start honing in on that and creating more of a, a platform kind of like what you're doing, I guess, yes. mm. but in our own way. Yeah. Yeah. I see that for sure. Well, you already have a platform now. It's just like, yeah, yeah. other elements to it and yeah. Yeah, I haven't been able to do that because I've just been so involved in the chocolate making. Like the the physical act of making the chocolate has pretty much just swallowed up my life for the last five years, which has been great. And I really enjoyed the process. But now I'm really ready to like focus on, you know, other creative things that I enjoy and, you know, putting more products out there and bringing more people on so we can grow the business. And I've always been a bit scared of that. And I guess I still am in a weird way. And it's really requiring me to step up. And lately it's been, you know, like I've been having growing pains because I'm like, oh, can I do this? You know, am I, you know, I'm not a leader. Like just like the, the voice kind of in the back of your head that can make you not act. So I've been trying to silence that voice and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, slowly, slowly. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like you get to choose to who you want to take on and be a part of your team, you know, and you'll take on people who like, yeah, that it won't be a struggle with, you know, and who will just get it. So oh, it's not so much them. I feel like it's more me, like letting them down, or I'm really bad with like showing up to work on time and, you know, having like a structure. So it's more like, yeah, <laughs> I really struggle with having someone there, you know, I've got to show them what to do. And obviously they'll learn. And this, this is just a fear I've kind of made up in my head. But for me, it's been pretty real and I don't want to let people down and I don't want to screw people around. And then my life feels really like structured and nine to five and like normal. And I guess I struggle with that. So I'm trying to, I guess, work with that in a way that works for me and, you know, local love as well. So yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah. Cause I guess it's like always been your kind of baby, like, and it's been such a personal process for you. And like, yeah, like you said, the physical act of doing it to kind of like, pass that on it's always going to be a bit <laughs> uncomfortable and you you have yeah. to trust the other person to like do it oh, anyway. I'm a massive control freak so <laughs> I'm learning to not be such a control freak to let go and just trust that it's all going to happen and you know that's another part of growing I guess just in a different way 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how's it been um, being back in Byron? Um, it's great. I, I did have a thought that I would move here and not work so much, but actually I've moved here and worked more. But um, it's really great to be around my family and, you know, somewhere not so busy and, yeah, it's definitely a great base for me. I've, I was born here, so it feels like home and, yeah, it's good. I like it. And everyone else in Australia seems to be liking it too and moving here, which is good in a way because it's building, you know, more more jobs and more different great businesses and, um, you know, people to collaborate with and people to learn from. And, um, yeah, I really actually, the industrial state in Byron is amazing. It's such a good place to work. It's like just filled with conscious kind of businesses and people doing it on their own and just like being really, really creative and kind of changing the face of business, which is amazing to see. Have you ever, I don't know if I've ever seen like, cause I feel like these days people do really want to see and feel like the story behind our brand and like, mm-hmm. well, obviously I think, yeah, you do share yourself as like the creator of Loco Love, but um, have you ever done like a video or something like that where you kind of share a bit about it? No, I haven't. I've been thinking about it, but um, again, I've just been so consumed with little things that I, I'm just really working on trying to free up some space for myself so I can, you know, as I said before, like get back into that really creative kind of space. And I feel like I don't, yeah, obviously it's probably going to get worse. I'm probably going to have kids and then the business is going to grow and then we'll make more products and then I'll probably start another business and maybe it will never happen. And I've just got to go with what is, um, you know, in the now. <laughs> stop, stop trying to get back to something that is gone now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, one thing is for people out there that um, have a lot of time to kind of, you know, imagine things and be creative and all that really um, kind of embrace that time in a positive way and, and use it wisely because once um, a business kind of takes off and becomes more busy, your, your time really becomes limited. And yeah, as a collective, as a, as a world, we're all trying to like get more time. It's like the most kind of um, valuable commodity in the, on the planet. So yeah, just while you've got that time, make the most of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's been so good to just hear more of your story and I just just connect with you again anyways yeah it is nice to talk to you actually because we haven't I guess we haven't spoken for a long time but I've watched you grow as well over the last few years and sharing lots of great stuff and you've been a little bit quiet the last year I guess because you've been studying and yeah learning but I'm looking forward to seeing where you go with everything mm-hmm so how can people connect to local love do you want to share like website social media so our website is currently being redesigned and um, made more beautiful and also some new different things but it's www.locolove.com so pretty simple and local love um instagram is at local love chocolate and then my one I barely use, it's Emika Thankless. But feel free to reach out and anything you want to share or, you know, want to ask, I'm happy to answer any questions you have. So, yeah, thank you. Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm.